London is no stranger to the fog, but rather than roll in, this mist seemed to rise, thick and slow, devouring the dark alleys of Whitechapel from the bottom up. Whitechapel Dark Mist, a Cthulhu by a Gaslight Mystery. Hi everybody, welcome to our percentile vice. I'm Steve, that's Emily, that's John. Tonight we're going to be playing Whitechapel Dark Mist, a Call of Cthulhu adventure of our own design. Our is a strong word. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Just wait and see how it goes. <laughs> Let's give a little due credit. Steve has put in a lot of work designing this thing and building the outskirts of a sandbox and now we get to play in it a little bit i'll be relying on you for some grains of sand okay to extend the metaphor anyway this adventure is set in 1892 london's east in victoria is on the throne and jack the ripper hasn't been seen or heard from in over three years Lights come up. We're on a dark street in Whitechapel. Brown brick buildings along the sides of the streets. Brown cobblestone. Everything is just dark and dirty looking. A light mist of fog kind of trails along the ground. Our scene opens up with a body lying in the street. Currently covered by a sheet. There is a gentleman dressed fairly well for the neighborhood in a nice suit, well kept hair. He is standing by the body. A little ways off from the body, a couple of metropolitan police, coppers, bobbies, if you will, are standing on either side of a young girl. She wears kind of a peasant dress. The front of the peasant dress is smeared with blood. Standing next to her and trying to console her is a woman. Emily, tell us what that woman looks like. <clears throat> she is uh, decently tall, about 5'8", blonde hair, uh, very delicate porcelain skin, uh, well-dressed if not... A bit risque for the times, a little low-cut neckline, but polished and put together, but not in the most latest of fashions, maybe, but definitely a little more well-to-do than you would see the average person walking around this area dressed in. Okay. Mm -hmm. The young girl turns to you and says... Rosalie, I swear I, I didn't have nothing to do with it. It's, it's It wasn't me. It won't. And the uh, two police officers step in a little closer, kind of holding her by the elbows. Um, and you're looking at your friend Libby. <clears throat> Doesn't look good for her right now. Again, body of, a, of, of what you could presume to be a man laying on the street. Um the center of the body, the sheet is starting to soak through with, with blood. Okay. Um, shh, shh, shh. I know, my pet. It's fine. Remember what I've taught you. Just just be calm, be quiet, and listen, okay? Just be calm. 
We can all work through this. You just need to calm down, right? Just like we were taught, right? Right. Don't say nothing to the coppers. Keep your head about you. That's right. I'm going to call Maddie over, and I'm going to have her come in and check in on you. Don't you fret now, okay? Okay. The man standing over the body, well-dressed, uh, looks down the street. Uh, he sees a man approaching us. And he, and he hollers out, Hello. Uh, right, thank you for responding. I, I, I asked, uh, asked them to, to, to fetch you then. Um, and you're walking down the street. John, your character is, and you notice the sharp and cutting figure of a Scotland Yard detective that you are familiar with, Reginald Probst. Um, what does Reginald Probst see approaching him? He sees a very average-looking guy. He's older, around mid-40s. He has the typical dad bod, but not an athletic dad bod. Like, he's been throwing some footballs around like a office job dad bod that he's got some flab, not real muscular, Looks like he has a desk job a lot of the time. And he's moderately dressed. He's not fancy by any means. He's got functional clothing, a nice overcoat that doesn't scream fashion. It screams, keep the London rain off of me. And he's got a small cane with him. And he's fairly normal. Okay. Uh, as you approach, uh, Detective Probst says, uh, Mr. Carter, thank you so much for, for responding so quickly. Um, I, I felt like uh, you would want to, uh, you know, uh, have a look at it, at this. And um, as he, he starts to reach down and pull, pull the sheet back, um, he stops for a second. He says, the... Uh, the, the man who went missing uh, four weeks ago that uh, worked for the Speedwagon Imports. Um, I, I, I believe this is him, and I know you were involved some with the, the missing uh, person case there, so perhaps I can get you to uh, make an initial uh, identification for me. Sure. So he pulls the sheet back just to reveal the face of Thomas Blanton, a dock worker, a stevedore, if you will, unloads boats, ships, loads ships, um, and you're familiar with his face because when he went missing four weeks ago, there was a small but ineffectual uh, investigation to see where where he had gone. I'm going to take my cane and toss it up and grab the end of it, like the ground end of it, and I'm going to use the handle that's got a little hook to it and pull the sheet the rest of the way back. Okay. So what you see, Josephus Carter, and 
you a small way away on the side of the street, Rosalie, as well as Libby, is this man's torso has been ripped open. Like four huge, four or five huge slabs of skin that have been peeled away from the center, almost like triangles that you could fold them all back in in the wood cover. You know. um, there is some blood, but not pooling around the body, but just blood on the tissue. Uh, and uh, you give me a spot hidden roll, please, Rosalie. Certainly. Mm. Oh, that's a big old failure. Okay. So all you see is that there are large flaps of skin. This body has been mutilated. What you see, Mr. Carter, is that while there is the redness of blood on the tissue, and you look straight into the cavity, the body cavity, and you see rib cage, you see muscles from obliques and back muscles, but all of the internal organs are gone. There is no lung, there is no heart, liver, stomach, intestines, nothing, just a shell. I'm going to ask you to make me a sanity roll, but I'm going to give you a, a bonus dice on it because as a uh, inquiry agent, you've probably seen death before, but this one is particularly gruesome and weird. Agreed. I rolled a 35 with my bonus dice, and that is under my sanity. Okay. So, um, that is what you see. You probably notice a double take, a probably well-disguised um, look of shock on the gentleman who just walked up and started speaking to the investigator. <clears throat> uh, can I make a psychology roll against um, the investigator to see if I... You can, but first I want to see how Livy fared oh, yeah. on the notice roll. Livy You can tell from her face that she has seen what the gentlemen have seen. Her eyes go wide for a minute. But it's a much more subdued response than you would think. Okay. So go ahead and give me your psychology roll. You're reading the uh, investig the the Scotland Yard investigator or the gentleman who just walked up? Well, given that uh, knowledge I just received, can I do it on Livy? Sure. I want to see why... I feel like her reaction's a bit strange. I rolled a 17, which for me is a hard success. Okay. You interpret her her facial 
expression but lack of any vocalization as what she just saw is disturbing but it's not the first time she's seen it. Okay. So I'm going to uh, kind of position myself between her and the body. Um, the two police officers are still holding on to her um, but are paying less attention to her and doing more neck craning trying right. to, to see what's going on. One of them turns and gags a little bit. Livy, I need you to hold tight. I'm going to figure out what's going on, but you need to stay calm. I'm going to go, um, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do, Livy, but just keep yourself tightened up. Don't, don't, you know, you've been taught, you know. And I'm going to turn and walk towards uh, the investigators. As you walk towards the investigators, you hear one of the police officers kind of, tauntingly whisper to Livy, Oi, what would you do with the guts then? <clears throat> um, I'm gonna whip back around. I'm sorry. Did you say something? I didn't quite catch it. I offer for you, miss. This is a crime scene. Um, and on what grounds are you holding this young lady? Well, you have to talk to the inspector there. I'm just following his orders. Oh, I intend to. And I'm going to march to the inspector. Okay. Uh, as you're crossing a little bit of the street to get there, by this time, um, Probst has, has turned to look at you um, after you, you know, took it upon yourself to, to move the the sheet further down. It's like, we're going to have some more ripper mania around here. Obviously it's not one of his cases. You can tell that just by looking at it. And I believe we've got a culprit right there, right red handed, but this, the minute the, uh, the locals find out about this, it'll be rip of this and rip of that all over again. You think you already have the culprit? This lady right over here found right there by the body. Blood all over his dress, all over her dress. We found uh, a, uh, a straight razor upon her person. It's, uh, it's uh, pretty cut, cut and dry, open and close. All we got to do is try to, uh, you know, minimize the uh, the mass effect, if you will. Well, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the uh, case of that sausage doesn't have any meat in it. <laughs> well, I'm never quite get used to the way you dock workers uh, are talking. But, um, right, the internal organs do appear to be missing, and it'll just be a matter of our investigation to find out where she is made off with them. She's right here. Do you think she made off with them and came back? Well, she was the one that came in and alerted the police. She went running down the street screaming, somebody's been killed, it's a ripper, you know, acting all frantic-like. We come down here and we find this gentleman. We find her with blood all over her dress, straight razor in her purse. It's, uh, 
It's really not hard how to put together. It's just uh, how much time between the time she did the deed and uh, her coming to get us. That uh, they can't be far, right? Probably in a can somewhere in the alley. No, well, take her in and question her, I suppose. But I, I, she doesn't seem to be the type that would be taking souvenirs, if you catch my drift. And I'm not quite sure that. She'd be capable of such things. Well, I might have believed you a year ago when I was working in the you know, central London area, but been since being shipped down here to to the East End to Whitechapel. I've come to find they're all capable. Every yeah. one of the stinking lot. Somebody's capable, and if we let them go free because of lazy detectiving, that'd be a shame when we find the next one. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, we'll work it as any other case. I'm just saying, you you don't ignore the suspect who puts his face right in your face, do you? I agree. That's definitely Thomas, though. Yes, I suspected. Um, between you and me, there's been three other guys gone missing in the last four weeks. I'm certain we don't find them like this. You probably haven't heard of the other ones. They weren't uh, dock workers, so. By this time you've you've arrived and you probably overheard the last little bit as you got closer, <clears throat> Propes probably began speaking a little quieter, wrapping up his conversation with the gentleman with the cane. Um, do I the know the cane with the sheet removing hook upon the end? <laughs> do I know of uh Propes? Do I You have probably seen him around. Um and have probably avoided conversation with him. Certainly. Uh, excuse me, who is the lead detective? Who's in charge here? Um, Reginald Probst, Scotland Yard. Uh, Reginald, uh, Rosalie, it's very it's very nice to meet you. Um, my young friend over here, uh, what is your reason for detaining her? She is obviously incredibly frightened. She's a primary suspect in a murder, man. Can you see the body? Do you see her dress? I, I, I can. I also can see that... Um, this man is, oh. Yeah, give me a sanity check because you just got a good look inside what is not in his body. 19, so it's <coughs> well below my sanity. Um, I'm no medical doctor, but I'm going to assume that a petite, young um, call girl would be incapable of doing this. Um. And I did happen to catch that little bit. Oh, hi, Rosalie. Pleasure to meet you. I'll be with you in a moment. But that you talked about several other men have gone missing. Um, I assure you that the, the brothel can account for her whereabouts over the last several weeks. Um, I'm pretty sure some of your officers could also account for some of her gummings and goings. Give me a... Can I have a fast talk? Um, give no me role. a... No roll. A no roll. That's uh, against your education, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to call it a history roll because it's not that. I rolled an eight, which is a extreme success. Yeah. Um. So being a denizen of the Whitechapel area, you're well aware that there's been four people gone gone missing. It's all the talk along right. the lower echelons of society and the bars that you haunt. Um, the marketplace, the shops. Right. All right. 
Word drops Another fast. one's gone missing, they have. Said Miss, um, you heard Beatrice Flanders say that of Flanders Fineries, where you sometimes go in to buy, uh, you know, nice um, accessories for your dresses or whatever. Certainly. It's an attempt uh, to do an upscale store in a low-scale neighborhood, uh, failing miserably, but everybody around here thinks it's It's very high class. Yeah. Um, So, uh, for lack of of better evidence, sir, I don't believe you can take this young lady into custody. Am Am I correct? I mean, she alerted the police, yes. She has a little bit of blood, but I mean, if you ran up on somebody collapsed on the ground, wouldn't you try to check and see if they're okay? You get a little blood on you. Many you seem to have a bit. has been known to think they can outsmart a police merely by reporting their own crime. Ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to please step back and allow me to conduct my investigation. I would love for you to conduct your investigation. If your girl over there is innocent and has an alibi well that will all come out in the investigation but i would be failing upon my duties to queen and country if i just let her walk because a toffer told me to Mm. well in that case i'll be happy to step aside but i will need for those two young men uh to remove their hands from her as she is merely a witness at this particular juncture she is more than that. She is currently being detained. Thank you. Good day. I said good day. <laughs> you were waiting for it. I was waiting. <laughs> I'm going to look at you and keep an eye on this one. Uh, what's your name, by the way? Joe Carter. Joe Carter. Okay. Um. I'll just be over here with Livy. No. I know it's a little frightening at first glance, but they're going to take her in. They're going to question her. And if she has been in the vicinity, that does sort of keep her out of the way of somebody who may be trying to clean up witnesses or do something of that sort. So it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise. I'm going to try to make sure that they do their due diligence here and don't just lazily pin it on somebody who didn't do it because obviously this is somebody, whoever did this, needs to be off the streets. I agree. Uh, The four other people who've gone missing around here would... um... Definitely, their families would like some closure. But I can assure you that uh, while we may not know where she was tonight, she may well have been out working. Um, She's well unaccounted for for the other missing persons. That's not on me to say. I'm simply giving you information, Detective, but uh, thank you for being reasonable. Step aside, miss. Gladly. All right, Mr. Carter, uh, I trouble you just to stand with the body for a second while I give uh, give me blokes some uh, instructions. All right, I will. Okay. He walks over to the police officers, the Metropolitan Police. Um, 
and instructs one of them to go and fetch the coroner's wagon that um, he'll be wrapping up the crime scene soon and they need to get the body out of here. Um, it is late afternoon, maybe getting towards dusk. There's street lights are not on. There's still enough light around there, but uh, um, it's kind of a side street off of uh, Whitechapel Road. Um, and because of the buildings and the fog, even though it's dusk, it's really starting to get kind of kind of dark uh, in this area. So he goes over and he tells one of them to go get the, the corner's wagon. He explains the other one to continue to um, detain Livy and... Um, Gives you a do not interfere look. Uh, is there anything you'd like to do, Mr. Carter, while he has gone to speak with the other police officers? Can I... You say it's a sheet, so like... Have they tucked it in around the bottom no, and such? it was loosely laying over the top of me. I had no problem pulling it back with your cane. I'd like to examine his shoes, the bottoms specifically. Um, working class shoes, leather bottom, pebbles and dirt, you know, what you'd expect to see on the bottom of the shoes. What about the tops? Are they fairly clean or fish guts? No, no, no. Um, I wouldn't say they're clean, but they're not like soiled with a bunch of stuff. I mean, they could use a good wiping down and probably a polishing hasn't even been thought about on them for a couple of years. But What about like the very bottom of his pants? Any residue, liquid, soil? Nope. Nope. I'm going to move up to his hands. Okay. Both hands. Going to look at him, look at where the fingerprint should be, see if there's anything out of order there. Yeah, his fingers appear to be normal. Back of him, too. Mm-hmm. Going to look as much as I can up the arm without removing clothing at this juncture. Sure. Make me a spot hidden check. I like what he said at this juncture. Like he reserves the right to strip to strip this dude later. That is a fifty-five against a sixty. Nice. So as you're looking at his hands, and then start to go up his uh, his arm, right? His hands are laying by his side. As you start to go up his arm, you notice dangling from one of his belt loops is a broken watch chain, like a pocket watch. But one of the, the links has obviously been snapped and the watch is no longer there. So it's just a chain that is hooked on to his belt. Does it look like a clean blip? Clean Blake. A clean Blake? <laughs> a clean break? <laughs> or is it like a stress, metal stress kind of fracture? You, what, what, what kind of skills do you have that go along with investigation? Talk to me here. Talk to me. This needs something more than just a notice roll here. I want to put your skills to use. 
I have a locksmith. I can say that. Appraise or... Uh... Nah, I didn't take none of that shit. <laughs> yeah, we got time for that. I have locksmith that's intimidate. They don't have an investigate skill in here, do they? No. Because that's your whole damn job. I took a praise. Most of law, but I put my investigative skills are in like intimidate, any, locksmith, any... spot hidden, okay. listen. Any repair or anything? No repair. Yeah, so just give me, um, uh, I don't want to say intelligence. I want to go with no uh, an education role because it's not something you would just know because you had a smart brain. It would be something you'd know from experience. So give me a no role. 23, that's a hard success on my no of 55. Okay, so looking at this link that's broken, um, it was not a clean break, but it was a fast one. Uh, it looks like the watch was snatched, um, and that was the link that gave. Somebody, rather than trying to take the chain off of his belt and get his watch, just grabbed the watch and snatched it. All right, right, so I am, and you can tell that there is no, like, um, oxidation or corrosion or whatever. Like the the part of the metal that is now visible that wouldn't have been when the link was closed, shiny, like like recently happened. Okay, I am going to take a step up and back and. I'm going to look once more at the cavity. And when I look again, it hits me again. And I just kind of look away and make a little. <clears throat> and I am going to move in a little bit closer and draw out my handkerchief. And I'm going to take one of the flaps of flesh and look to try to determine if it is a very clean cut or if it looks like it wasn't done with a razor. The When you look at the flap of skin, it does not appear to be a straight precision cut that created this flap. It's very rough around the edges, um, not straight at all, um, jagged, and all of them look that way. Give me a spot hidden roll. I failed that one with an 82. <laughs> yep. So they're not at all straight. It looks like it was ripped flesh, not cut flesh. Is there something that might pique my interest and cause me to push that roll with a little more time? Maybe. There's four other flaps of skin you could look at. Maybe after looking at one, you start to compare it to the others. So you could push the roll uh, on a failure. I'm going to say... That, uh, that that Propes looks over his shoulder and decides you're getting a little too friendly with the body. Um, you're a not too a, friendly with the dead guy. <laughs> you're not a, not a police officer. He's paying you professional courtesy because you're a private um, agent 
for the company this guy worked for. So. Okay. 14, which is just outside of extreme success. Would you like to buy it to extreme? You can see Not because I rolled to. badly on luck in this one. Okay. And I'll probably need it later. All right. As you examine these flaps, all of them, you notice... You ever seen a bullet after it's been fired? How the top of it kind of mushrooms? Mm-hmm. You see a, a similar effect of mushrooming of the the edges of the of the flaps from the bottom up. You following me? So I'm following you. Interior, the fleshy side, the red raw side, the edges there are curled outward. Sick. Okay. I am going to slowly replace the sheet and step away. Not fully away because he asked me to hang here with the body for a minute, but just take a step back so I'm not smelling the sort of iron smell of the blood. I mean, that's a good point. You do smell that iron smell of the blood, but it's faint. There's not a lot of blood here, really. The only blood is what is kind of lining the interior, the cavity of his body and, and, and the flaps. You would expect there to be blood pooling everywhere with a, a wound like this, but all the organs are gone. Perhaps they took the blood with them. Who knows? Um, so, uh, one of the police officers goes, um, you know, that, that straight back, uh, police officer run. <laughs> He's going to get the, uh, the, the coroner's cart. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is, um, has started to put Livy into manacles and Livy, when she realizes that she is not walking away free tonight. Starts to freak out a little bit. I tell you, I didn't do it. I ain't nothing to do with it. Livy, we're gonna get this sorted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go by the brothel. I'm gonna get you your alibi and make sure that they know that you were, you know, where you were supposed to be. And, and I wasn't at the brothel. Is this? They're gonna string me up. Is what they're gonna do? And I, ain't, I'm innocent. I tell you. I, I believe you. I need you to calm down. Remember what we learned. We. We have to be calm in these situations, right? I, we had one little argument, but I wouldn't say that was reason to kill a man, would you? No, of course not. All right, so one little argument, blood on me dress, and I ain't got an alibi. They're going to string me. She's saying all this right in front Libby. of the cop and, <laughs> and the investigator. Um, Can I try to make a... I want to roll to kind of get her to... Settle. Tell me what you're going to say, and I'll tell you whether it's a charm, a persuade, or a fast talk. Am I hearing this yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She is, uh, Livy is not whispering. After you guys finish. In fact, it's probably drawing people's heads out windows and folks starting to step out on the street and see what's up. So what I want to do is I want to try to, like, 
I imagine that the, the the ladies at the brothel who you know train us and and get us you know all on the up and up you know probably are very um you know like slap your wrist with a ruler kind of ladies, and I kind of want to like grab her hand and like or some give her a little smack and be like, what's the first rule? Like I want to like instantly shock her back to those moments when she was being taught how to do it and kind of like jar her back into what she's been told to do when she gets detained. All right, so would I'm going to give you a choice. Intimidate or psychology. Psychology, please. I rolled a five, which is an extreme success. All right, so she blinks twice, meets eyes with you, and realizes that she is just completely contradicting every rule she's ever been taught about dealing with the police. Right. Um, and she shuts up with a whimper and starts crying. And she says, but Rosalie, I didn't do it, I swear. I'll be quiet now, but I didn't do it. About that time of year, the click of the last manacle. And a, uh, an arm reaches out and grabs her forearm and starts uh, pulling her away from you. Janet, didn't leave me in jail. Come and see me. Help me. I've I've got you, Livy. Don't don't fret. I've got you. Right. The uh, police officer starts to take her down the street, um, same uh, direction the guy went to go get uh, the cart. Uh, you know from uh, living in the area that the Metropolitan Police Station precinct for uh, Whitechapel is maybe a blocker or two away. It's, um, coincidentally extremely close so no need to like, get a carriage or anything and he's just going to walk her back to the police station uh, Probst comes over to you and says um, well you, you, you heard all that you did so my theory is starting to look pretty good isn't it uh, not really come here for a minute let me uh, bend your eye towards something all right, so he walks over there with you. And I'm going to pull back the sheet once more. And with the same hanky I had previously covering my hand, I'm going to gently lift out the flap and say, My man, Reggie, look at this here. You notice how this skin is a little messy for a straight razor cut? You've seen lots of straight razor cuts in the East End. This ain't one of them. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up. Maybe she's just not good with the straight razor. Hands shaking with nerves. Could be well let the coroner tell us what the result of what all of this was. Regardless of how good you are with a straight razor, it is always going to be a straight razor. All right, okay. You might be onto something, but uh, she's still tied up in this. Uh, I, you know, or, I don't know. Maybe she's working with somebody and they've left her to take the fall. She's my biggest lead right now. She's going to the station. Ask her some questions, you know, find out what she knows, but I don't think she's the one you're looking for here and if you need a little help 
I'd be more than happy to stay on the case for a little while. Our company doesn't really like leaving loose ends like this around, and if there's danger to our other dark workers, we need to know about it. Well, if it is anybody else, I'd say no, but we've worked together before. Uh, feeling like I can trust you. So, you know, if you want to, uh, or, you know, look into things, maybe check in with me. We'll share information. We'll do. Right. Well, just uh, don't string up that girl until we have a pretty good idea of what actually happened here. Due process of the law and all that. Gonna be a trial. Well, I'm not gonna lynch her. Unless. She's found guilty. Then they'll By be this looking. time you hear the clopping of hooves upon cobblestone and the sound of uh, wooden wheels with metal rim around them clacking on the uneven surface. And, uh, and up comes uh, the, the corner's cart, which is really just a horse drawing a flat bed cart <laughs> with... Uh, like wood slat sides, no cover to it. Um, and um, two guys uh, get out of it and run over. And one of the first things they do is remove the sheet because presumably they're thinking, well, it's going to be easier to grab this guy by the ankles and under his arms and load him onto this cart without this damn sheet in the way, and we'll replace the sheet. And... Uh, When they remove the sheet to do that, both of them stumble back in shock, gruesome disgust uh, at, at what they see. Uh, and it takes them a minute to, to get their wits back about them. And they, they reach down and they one takes the front, grabs them under the uh, armpits, the other one takes the legs. Both of them are now decidedly not looking at the body. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. You know, it's like taking out a really bad smelling can of trash can, you know, like keeping you, they were definitely keeping their eyes uh, away from everything and they're moving hurriedly and they toss the body up onto the car. And when it lands on its back, the, the, the momentum of the throw, the body turns a little onto its side and then, and a falls back down. Both of you give me notice rolls. You mean spot hidden? Yes, spot hidden roll. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was like, where's notice? Yeah, my bad. I got to get back into the right skill set. 82 against a 60. 60 against a 60. Okay. Um. Yeah, from the side you're on, standing next to uh, Probes, when it rolled over, you saw his back. By the way, his back looks normal. The side you were on, as it rolled over, the gaping maw that is his torso was visible to you. And as it rocked back down, you saw a small grub-like insect. But it had like spidery legs. It was maybe an inch and a half long. Scurry out of the cavity. 
onto the coach down to the axle, just working his way to the ground and then skitter off. Nasty. Yeah, make me a sanity check. Uh, gross. You've okay. never seen an insect like this before. Like, take a maggot, make it really big, and then give it bony, fleshless, spidery legs. Ugh. Sick. I hate maggots. Uh, a success. 44. Okay. So it turns your stomach a little bit. Yeah. But, um, but that's about it. So um, They uh, go back, they get the, the sheet and toss it back over the body. A um, couple quick words with Probst um, where he probably says something like, I'm going to need a rush on the you know coroner's findings for this. And they just like nod and smile, boys, because they are just laborers. Right. And they have no, no pull on how the coroner does or doesn't arrange his workload. But uh, you get the feeling that Probst, Really just likes looking authoritative around civilians, so he barks some orders at the guys and they you know, whatever. And they uh, they drive off. So um, Propes uh, does looks at you and says, uh, "So uh, check in with me, mate." I'll uh, and he stops, you know, does a little tip of his hat. And uh, turns and with very stern clicking sounds, the way too straight of a back gate. Back gate. His back is really straight and it gives his gate, his steps, a kind of a really crisp clicking along yeah. the thing that he's all about. Uh, upright, proper, classy. He's a little too good for this neighborhood, if you don't believe me. Just ask him. Yeah. And Sorry. there you are. So who's left on the street besides the two of just you, the two of us? Um, may have been a, a street urchin or two that went running down along following the, the coach. Most of the other folks have gone back inside. Um, this little side street is mostly just really low cost housing. Uh, apartments, flats, that kind of thing. No, no real uh, businesses or anything. So it's uh, it just a few people that popped out. And most of them are no longer interested. Um, and uh, probably one or two uh, whispers of, uh, you know, a housewife saying, I heard her say it was a ripper. And her husband saying, enough with the ripper stuff. He's long gone. It's been four years, Mary. Um, I'm going to um, approach the general area where the body was. I'm going to try to look for more of those bugs. Sure. Make me a spot hidden A 20, which is a hard success. Mm, nope, you don't see any. Uh, well, Mr. Mister Joe. Joe... Carter. Carter. Um, well. Are you from 
the 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 East End here. No, I'm from Liverpool. Oh. Well. This does seem to be quite the pickle, doesn't it? I'm sure you heard my my young friend um, get a bit emotional. But I assure you, she's quite a nice young lady. She would never do something quite so horrific. They probably heard it in France. <laughs> she can be quite um, quite loud. Um, are you going to be uh, staying for the investigation? I assume you're a detective of some sort, given your acquaintance with the police here. I'm private. I work with Speedwagon Imports. This man was a employee, one of our dock workers, who had been looking into where he might be for a couple days now, and they were kind enough to bring me in. Oh, Speedwagon Imports. I don't know that I've ever heard of them. Uh, uh, is it a is it a very uh, large company? They're, they own a good portion of the dock around here. Oh, I've heard there's quite a bit of uh, money to be made in imports. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I don't believe I properly introduced myself. Rosalie Harper. Nice to meet you, ma'am. Oh, well, um, you know, if you need uh, need anything, you know, to be shown around uh, the East End, I, I'm more than willing to uh, show you the best place to get a drink, you know, uh... If you need a place to stay, those sort of things. Of course, not with me, but um, I'd be happy to show you around. I might take you up on that. So your friend, did she have any regular contacts? In our line of work, it can have some regularity. Uh, I would need to check in with someone to see. I haven't been keeping tabs on, on her um, business affairs as of late. I've been rather busy myself. Well, uh... You might want to uh, go ahead and do that because I'm sure having a list of people she interacted with regularly that weren't the type to do something like this might help her case a little bit when that detective starts asking questions. Can I can I be a bit um, blunt with you, detective? Sure. Generally speaking, um, the acquaintances of, of uh, prostitutes aren't well known for their reliability. I don't think it would be helping her case as much. I'm, I will be checking in to see if there's anybody who can uh, cover you know, where she was this evening, but just as a rule of thumb, the police don't look kindly on who may or may not frequent Miss Livy's services. Well, uh, Let alone Miss Livy herself. Her best bet is having some John somewhere say, yeah, she was in my bed that night, so see well, what you can do. I think we both heard her, you know, hollering about a fight with this young man. I, I don't know. Uh, I, did I hear you say something about this young man had been missing? A few days, yeah. A few days. Um, any reason why he would have been down here in the East End with, uh, Libby? 
Well, he works in the docks, and the docks are just south of, of uh, Whitechapel. Um, so cheap housing, factory, dock work. Um, he most likely, though you're, you have never heard his name before, um, he most likely lives in okay. Whitechapel. I don't know, ma'am. He works here. You guys work here. Suppose it was a happy meeting of coincidence that didn't turn out so happy. You, you, you were, you were looking at the body. Was it? Was there anything that you noticed about the body? That I mean, he's pretty dead. Yes, I gathered that. Um. When they put him in the cart, I saw this strange little bug come skittering out. It almost looked like a, a larval stage of some other bug, but very large. A maggot. Yes, one of those, but with lots of little legs. Come falling right out of the rather empty chest cavity. Mr. Carter, make a no roll. Eighteen versus fifty-five. Based on your examination of the body, the uh, lack of coagulation in the blood that was there, uh, the temperature of his hand when you were inspecting it, um, you deduce that he's died very recently, and your experience tells you it is much too soon for there to be maggots growing in this body. How clean is the docks? Would I possibly the think docks that are filthy as shit? Maybe a maggot that was just naturally here happened upon a fresh meal this once. Uh, it's re it, you could reasonably expect that. I could see how you could convince yourself of that. I I think that's where Joe is coming from here. Yeah. I didn't see anything, but well, of course you didn't. You were on that side, and I was on this side. But I'm telling you, it was, it was like this big, and it had big spidery legs. It was, it was. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. And I've seen several types of bugs. I mean, we live in the East End. It's not exactly uh, vermin-free, but I'm telling you, that was not anything I've ever seen. No. Ma'am, I know you have a certain proclivity for bodily fluids and the uh, fleshy areas of folks, but that was something new, and maybe you're maybe you should go home and have a little rest. It's obviously messed with your humors a little bit and got things a little out of whack. Are you dressed nicely? Not really. Can I do an opposed credit rating check? <laughs> I want to see if I can tell how wealthy he is. <laughs> I have a praise. Give me an appraise roll. <laughs> and this may be the first time the appraise roll is used to appraise a person. Praise my clothing, I suppose. Yeah, no, I didn't make that. He doesn't look a lot different than people you see around. Looks like your average Joe. Joe. You heard the description earlier. It's I did. Not um, fancy. You can tell it's not fancy. Um, yeah, but you did say you worked for a large import company. So 
She's thinking you got some money. I mean, Thomas worked for a large import company. He's still... Large companies have... Yeah. I'm... As you guys are talking, you hear the clomping and cartwheels of another carriage um, coming down um, Whitechapel Road. And uh, from one side of this street, on the other side of the street, you notice now that the sun is really set and it's really getting kind of dark and the temperature has dropped, there's a bit of a fog that kind of has, is rolling in from down that side of the street. Uh, and the, the cart turns the corner um, into this road that you're on and you immediately recognize the, uh, the, the setup of, of a, uh, a lamp lighter. Mm-hmm. And he's going through and have been lighting lamps on Whitechapel um, Road. Uh, while there are a few lamps on this road, he's just ignoring them. Going down, using as a cut through to another major road. Um, that road being Commercial Road, where, you know, in the larger uh, thoroughfares, the lights are really right. maintained. But... You, know, you probably have to pay somebody off to get them to light the light the lamps. Probably in his job description, and he's expected to do it. But meh, meh, meh. Who's gonna check? And he uh, eventually, you see his cart disappear into the fog at the other end uh, of the street, and that's where we'll stop. Thanks everybody for joining us. This is uh, our first session of White. Chapel Dark Mist with our investigators Rosalie Harper and Joe Carter. Look at me learning Good names stuff. Trying to figure out what caused the death of poor Thomas Blanton and is Livy responsible? Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.